Welcome to On Culture. On this podcast, we talk about culture and faith and the world and our place in it. You can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also support our work and explore all of our content on our website, theembassy.substack.com. Here's Mike. And here we are back again on On Culture. Uh, I am uh, Mike Sherman. I am joined by Susan James, my good friend, and uh, we're going to talk about the latest installment of the Embassy Substack newsletter. Uh, everything is different here. Um, so you, you're going to want to read that. You're going to want to take a look at the embassy.substack.com and take a look at that that article uh, or not. Uh, but that's what we're going to be talking about uh, in this uh, session. Um, how are you doing, Susan? Um, well, thank you, Mike. Yeah, and uh, Susan is a uh, a therapist. Is that what you call yourself? A therapist? Yeah. Professional a counselor. Word? Professional mm-hmm. counselor. I work yeah. with adolescents and adults. Okay, perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got me covered. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, we're going to be uh, talking about cultural differences, uh, cultural curiosity, uh, humility, so forth and so on. Uh, and uh, the piece that is that serves as the background for this uh, episode of Unculture is uh, on, well, at the backdrop of the piece is a trip to Nepal uh, that I was recently a, a part of. And that, uh, you know, the title is Everything is Different Here. Uh, and well, I'll talk about some of those differences uh, as we go along and as we're in the piece. One thing I didn't put in the piece is uh, we went through Singapore on the way to uh, Nepal because the person I was going with had connections there in Singapore and we spent a couple of days there and so on. Um, and just note, Singapore is pretty different from the U.S. also, uh, but also really different from Nepal. Um, in a way, it's almost the opposite of Nepal in a lot of ways. Hmm. So there's a lot of different things uh, out there uh, in uh, in this different culture. Um, and uh, a lot of positive things. Um, you know, I mentioned uh, some of those in the piece. Um, what, Susan, is mm-hmm. the most different place you've been? And you can go ahead and define that any old way you want. Like, what's the most different place you've been? The most different place I've been. Well, I can't say that I'm uh, well-traveled as you are to all these different locations. Um, I guess. Yeah, maybe maybe it's a different culture. Yeah, maybe it is a different culture. That's what I was trying here. to think. Yeah. Um, something that has um, been brought to my attention more recently in the past year in working with um, teens Mm-hmm. is that especially those who are more introverted or don't feel like they perhaps belong in the typical school culture, they have um, they have put themselves in online communities. And there are mm-hmm. online communities now um, at, with each a culture of their own that I didn't even know existed. Mm-hmm. And um, these these teenagers have um, trusted me to um, educate me on those cultures. And I, mm. you know, it's been fascinating. It really hasn't. And some of that has just been totally foreign to me, but um, 
It has peak curiosity and they've been more than willing to share with me. And I really appreciate that about them. And I think that it's bonded us together, you know, mm-hmm. in that I'm willing to hear uh, their experience and they're willing to hear, wow, that's really interesting. I didn't know about that, you know? Mm. Well, that's a super interesting example. And it sort mm-hmm. of gets sort of short circuits us uh, towards the main point of uh, the piece um, is cultural curiosity, cultural humility. Um, what did it take for you to, uh, to the extent you've learned that culture or learned about that culture? Uh, what did that require of you? Like, what was that process for you like? Um, I and, think... and even why, you know, the, going all the way to the why? Well, Uh, Most people come to me because they're struggling in some areas of their life or with anxiety or depression or not belonging or what have you. And um, oftentimes these teens really don't feel like whether they do or not, they don't feel like they have a safe place to express themselves, except maybe in these online communities, but really one-on-one with someone who they can really pour their heart out to. And um, I want to be that safe place for them. I want to be that attachment figure that they may never have had or have had and just don't feel it, you know. And um, so the first step is for me to become that safe place by engaging them, being curious, asking them questions about themselves. Sometimes the first session, they're not, you know, overly anxious to do that. But there's usually one or two questions that um, spark, you know, their attention or gets them to want to talk and you just kind of go from there. And it's I think it goes back to what we're all looking for. I mean, people are people regardless of culture. We're all looking for um, a sense of wanting to be seen or heard or known or a sense of belonging to know that we matter. And when I am engaging in what is important to them, I'm telling them that they matter and that I care about, you know, what they're about. Hmm. Yeah. In order, so, you know, in order to show that you care, there's, it, there's some, something you have to do. There's some mm-hmm. effort, some movement you have to make, mm-hmm. some stance you have to open up. And that's sort of kind of the, you know, obviously the, the obvious point of the piece to some degree is, uh, in a place like Nepal, it's super easy. The culture is very, very different. So to mm-hmm. be there in some way, there's got to be, you assume but, some cultural adjustment has to happen. Right. And I'm, but on both levels, it's uncomfortable. If you're not used to the culture, it's just uncomfortable. And you have to take that step, you know, yes. if you're called to, if you feel like, you know, which I feel like we are and you do too, I think, you know, we are to engage. We are to meet people where they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just a, it, there's just a, such a, a, a different sort of intentional or kind of in your face element to you go halfway around the world to Nepal, you expect things to be different. You know, I talk about, you know, the time zone there is a weird, I think it's mm-hmm. like 11 hours and 45 minutes or 12 hours and 15 minutes. I've kind of forgotten. It's sort of an off, you know, it's a it's an off off step time zone. There's some reason for that, but you have to, I mean, obviously it's what time it is there. So if you're there, you're not like adjusting for it. You're just there. That's the time. Uh, We saw some festival of somebody 88 years old, eight months, you know, uh, eight days 
uh, old, and you know that's a thing there. There's a name for it. I'm not even sure exactly what the name because I saw two different names and I'm not sure I'm understanding it right. But anyway, you kind of expect things to be different and you're surrounded by the difference. The difference is obvious. Uh, you know, there's Hindu temples everywhere because it's a 95% or more Hindu nation. Some of them are just in the middle of the street and you have to drive around them. Mm. Um, and so all of that makes it, I mean, there's two sort of obvious choices. You kind of, you try to you know adjust, uh, understand whatever, or you kind of do the ugly American thing and say, "Well, this is stupid," you know. Why isn't it like my suburb, you know? Um, uh, and so you, you know, that's that's what you do. And I think most people probably don't go the ugly American route. Um, uh, and yet, in your case, you know, the differences are somewhat less obvious, somewhat less obvious, mm -hmm. but they still require an intentional effort, you know, on your part. And, and, uh, and I think that, you know, part of the point of the piece is I think that process, your situation with people involved in, let's say the online community, the gaming community is I think sort of now the norm or sort of, you know, the, almost the expectation that you can't assume, uh, you can't assume that you don't have to do that work because you mm -hmm. probably do now. I mean, right? We're surrounded by different cultures. We are. They're not quite as obviously different as, as Nepal, but they're still different, right? Right. And, you know, I don't know what culture I'm, that's walking through my door. It might be more than one or what have you. It might be a culture in a home, you know, where there's unspoken family rules or what have you. I mean, you don't know until you engage it and you get in there and you get your hands a little dirty. But I also think, in your example with Nepal and you've gone to Malawi and Ethiopia and all that. And then in the different cultures I see that walk through my door, um, you know, we, we have to be, it, it's all about exposure. You know, we, the more we're exposed to the different cultures, the more comfortable we're going to become in engaging those cultures, I believe. So if I went to Nepal, because I'm not as well-traveled as you are, it would might freak me out a little bit, you know, probably more than you because you're used to, you, you you know what to kind of expect, even though you don't know the specifics. I'm not as adjusted to that. You might have a little more difficulty with some of the things that I experience, but the more we expose ourselves and get in there, I think it becomes easier to do that. It's just, are we willing? Um, so if I went to Nepal or maybe Malawi or um, Ethiopia, some of the places that you have been, it would probably be a lot, a lot more culture shock to me because I'm not used to traveling internationally. It might be more culture shock for you to walk in my office with some of my clients and hear some of the things they have to say because you haven't been exposed to that as much. But I think it's all about exposure. The more exposure we have to the different cultures, the more willing we are to engage and be more curious. Because at the end of the day, I think we all realize that people are just people, right? Mm, we both yeah, yeah. have dignity made in mm -hmm. God's image and depravity. We've all been affected by the fall, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so we're all yeah, looking. Go ahead. I do think that, a, there's a key element of some sort of maybe expectation that comes with exposure. You, you 
potential. I mean, this your take is a, is an optimistic take because I think people mm-hmm. could be exposed a lot and then withdraw or mm-hmm. whatever, get less curious and uh, whatever. But it, if if in, in the more optimistic uh, you know case, you you become uh, more used to the idea that the culture is going to be different or the culture may be different or the culture right. might be quite different. Like you go to another country, mm-hmm. it, 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 it doesn't freak you out quite as much or it's, it doesn't, you know, it's a different sort of experience. Uh, and when, you know, you have people walking into your office uh, every day, it's the same sort of thing. It's an expectation level. Mm-hmm. And you've embraced that. I mean, I'm, I'm saying we, we probably need to embrace that more outside of uh, our uh you know in our in our world we're surrounded by people uh in different cultural uh settings or stances that we're probably not really thinking about in that sense like for instance uh I, you know i'm a little older i'm you know 58 years old if you know i happen upon somebody who's 28 let's mm-hmm. say i might you know, my kids are, you know, somewhere in that range, some a little older, some uh, youngest is, I think, uh, going to turn 28 soon. You know, that 30-year difference does make a cultural difference. And uh, it, there's going to be some commonality, perhaps. There's going to be some difference, some different cultural touchstones that um, if it, I'm saying it sounds obvious, but when you live it, sometimes it's still jarring or you still have expectations for their understanding of you that they're not going to have and vice versa. And all of that to say it takes some sort of effort or work or attention or curiosity or humility or all of the above in order to make that connection. And if I kind of go through the world or my world thinking most people or most good people are sort of like me culturally, Mm-hmm. Well, then I'm I'm setting myself up for a disconnection uh, and I'm setting myself up for, you know, a possible sense of, of rejecting uh, a stance to the world. You know, sort of, a, y- you need to adjust to me. I'm the norm mm-hmm. here. Like, I'm the, I'm the good person. I'm the normal right. person. All the people who are like me are good and normal. So unless you're like me or us, then then I'm going to treat you with skepticism or suspicion or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like if I went to Nepal and did that, that would be, that would be obviously bad. And that would be sort of the ugly American mm-hmm. trope. But I do think it's pretty easy to do some version of that in our everyday lives and just not even be aware of it. It is because we know what we know, mm-hmm. you know, we're so in our culture that we act out of that oftentimes unless we are intentional about it and we start seeing the differences, you know, down the street or what have Mm -hmm. you, or engaging with the 28 year old, you know, and like, Oh yeah, the world's a little bit different, you know? Yeah. 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 I think that, and that, and that it is okay that, Mm -hmm. you know, that difference could be, it's good. It's good to be learned about and be curious about, and maybe some of the differences can be celebrated. Not all of them perhaps, but, uh, different isn't necessarily bad. Uh, I remember, uh, somebody who was leading me early in my, uh, career of leadership, um, you know, said, 
to me and he said something obvious to me, but it sort of clicked and it's been sort of a principle of leading people ever since is, uh, I think I said something about, well, I, I would, I just would have done X and he said, yeah, but they're not you. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe they should have done X or maybe whatever, but my expectation that people would do it like I did it or wanted mm-hmm. it to be done was, was faulty. Right. Um, people, different people are different. Uh, and I think that's, that can be good. I think it's, again, you go to some other place or maybe if you sit down, uh, somebody walks in and they look obviously culturally different. You're expecting mm-hmm. some different, right? right? And you expectations know. get you in trouble. <laughs> right. <laughs> One of my uh, favorite lines in, in actually my office is expectations minus reality equals disappointment. Mm, so, right, right, right. And some of the expectation is he comes in and he looks just like me. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Then we're going to get along fine. Uh, he's going to be like me. They're going to be like me, uh, which obviously that's, that can be a faulty expectation as well. Um, I think partly, you know, this comes from a lot of different places, I think. Uh, but I do think that part of it is it's just work. Uh, sometimes there's just a level of attention and um, intentionality, work, sacrifice, perhaps mm-hmm. that goes into knowing somebody or being curious about them. And I just don't think we always want to do that. Right. And I mean, as you're talking, I mean, I feel convicted myself because I feel like I'm pretty good at doing that in my office. But when I go outside of my office, I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> And so right. it's a lot easier to disengage and not do exactly what you're talking about. You know, when I go to the ball games and watch my son, I want to yeah. watch the ball games, but I'm not so good about engaging the people who are there. And my family might call me out on that. Yeah. You're off the clock, <laughs> you, know? you know? Yeah, I'm off the clock. I'm like, ooh, <laughs> ouch. <laughs> so, um, you know, one of the things I talk about is just, you know, the our our sort of biblical mandate to mm-hmm. do exactly what we're talking about. Um, you know, that the embassy comes from the, this passage in second Corinthians five, or we're called ambassadors, you know, or we're kind of living in one kingdom and trying to translate it into this other place that we're called, you know, Paul says in first Corinthians nine, you know, or to become, or, you know, or to reach the Jews, I became like the Jews, right. I became like the, x you know to win x for the sake Mm -hmm. of the gospel and it doesn't mean indistinguishability it means some sort of identification uh, Mm -hmm. at some level right and at the beginning of the you know the 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 ambassador passage second corinthians 5 you know paul starts that out by you know talking about the work that's involved and he says for christ's love compels us so compelled by the love of christ we do this work we step into a new world we you know we figure out how to how to live out and translate our faith into some place and some mm-hmm. way some channel that's understandable to this other person which is maybe not going to be um like everyone else uh and i think that so if that's the case in order to be a faithful christian in our world you know now perhaps more than ever we have to sort of begin to figure out how to do just exactly the thing we're practicing. Right. That, what has you know, Jesus called us to do, you know? Yeah. In that. 
Right. Yeah. Versus think, versus expecting them, the world that is not in the kingdom of God to be just like us, you know. Um, correct. You know, correct. we, I think in your article, you mentioned the Christian culture. Well, some of that Christian culture we see today is, you know, us telling others that they should be like us. Correct. You know, maybe out of judgment or condemnation or we're right. So therefore versus being the hands and feet of Christ mm-hmm. and engaging and being yeah. inviting, I guess. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, we practice Christianity in this culture. And so, you know, we have cultural forms of our practice of Christianity that fit this culture, but that they don't necessarily, they're not normative in some other culture. Right. Uh, you know, one of the things about Nepal that's uh, interesting, it's a little window into their their world is they they go to church on saturday mm-hmm. um everybody goes to church on saturday um even i think hindus would go to the you know whatever on saturday because everyone in nepal pretty much works from sunday through friday and saturday is the only day off they work six days a week um and so but- it's the only day they really can go it's not biblically forbidden i mean right. uh, it's practical nepal, practical it's just part of their culture and they would think it's strange if we said you need to go to church on sunday when that's how that's the the lord's day that we have settled on in the west but paul talks about this in once again in corinthians some some think every day the same some think some days are special that you know each person um and that's an example of that's how they're that makes sense in their culture um, doesn't necessarily, you know, uh, not make sense here, but it's just not our cultural. And so to confuse what our cultural expression of Christianity is with Christianity is something I think we're almost bound to do sometimes. It's mm-hmm. hard not to do it, but it's easy to do it so easy that it can become, mm-hmm. if you're outside my culture, then you can't be really faithful Christian, which is just false. Which is false. Yeah. Yeah. Christianity should be transcultural. It should be transcultural. That's where I was going. Um, And um, I think it's perhaps, uh, you know, that's a theological statement, I guess. But I think a lot of people, I don't know, if, if, you know, Christ appeared to us, would he show up as an American suburban um, cultural you know, I don't know. Would he drive a SUV? I, probably I mean, not. <laughs> probably not. I mean, that's sort of where we so normalize mm-hmm. our culture that that one of the things we don't do is is, ta- is think about where our culture is departing from uh, faithful Christian practice. Because um, that's, I think, my point in, in the transculture thing is that true Christianity should be countercultural in every culture it should challenge every culture like if jesus showed up in our culture he would challenge parts of our culture almost mm-hmm. certainly if he showed up in germany if he showed up in singapore if he showed up anywhere and of course uh because uh, but we, i just think it it's easy to say that in the abstract but then we i don't know that we actually practice that always mm-hmm. what do you think I think you're correct. We don't always practice it because we live in our own water, you know. 
we to an are, extent that we're not or that we can hardly be aware right 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 we are we are we are so it's you know you have to be intentional about being self-aware right we have yeah, to have these conversations we have to have conversations like we're having right now to like oh yeah like i didn't realize that oh when i leave this office i'm not so good about this you know until we have this conversation you mm. know i'm like i'm that made me more self-aware of what I'm not doing well, you know? Mm -hmm. So when you're in your norm, you know, we're just pressing on swimming in our own water. Yeah. Unless we're intentional about thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's where even Christian growth is more than adding knowledge, adding theological knowledge. It includes all of that, but there has to be some sort of practice that challenges how we're living you know, mm -hmm. in some way or else. Yeah. I mean, you, you, your water, the water you're swimming in just is becomes, uh, you know, it's something, you know, you don't notice. It becomes so normalized, it becomes right. so background uh, that it's hard not to see things through that lens. And when I think it's, you know, listening to you say that I, what's so cool about it is I just pictured like the 70 year old grandma sitting in a farmhouse you know, um, investing in her children and her neighbors. And she can do that where she is. We can do that where we are, mm -hmm. you know, whether we travel or don't travel. I mean, we all have cultures. We all have our environments and culture. Different cultures come in and out, you know, yeah. and yeah. it's a privilege to be able to do that and yeah. to be curious and get to know those people and right. yeah. and share, you know, ourselves with them yeah yeah i think too i mean i i just think it, we are, our current cultural i think movement is to sort of it's sort of this culture war milieu where me good culture you bad culture me good culture other you other person mm -hmm. also bad culture different bad culture but you know this it's this this factionalization um and that's happening in politics it's happening in uh, other cultural, mm -hmm. socio-cultural issues. Sure. And the differences become good, bad. And I think that's one way in which we fail to live this out. We sort of in this, we sort of get into this good, bad mode, mm -hmm. uh, this us, them mode. So somebody comes in and they're in the gaming world and we don't know anything about the gaming world. And we think, who would do that? I mean, that's, I mean, how would you, you know, that many hours a day, blah, 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 blah. And you're making judgments about somebody you don't know because mm -hmm. it's this good, bad, us, them stance that we have in the world. And, you know, one of the advantages of going to a place halfway around the world is, you know, you probably, it's a little easier to get out of your stance and say, oh, there's a lot here to learn and be, you know, there's a lot here that's different. Uh, and I think the problem I'm coming back to America is the problem of just getting back into that stance of who are the good people, who are the bad people? Mm -hmm. How do I tell them apart? And uh, I think that is so against being an ambassador, so so against you know what we've been talking about. But I just think it's in that's part of the water we're swimming in. You're exactly right, and social media feeds it, as you know, yeah. you know, and it's it's it has become the culture we live in. And how do we be countercultural in that mm -hmm. culture of good and bad and polarized society, you know, yeah. in a polarized yeah. society. 
Yeah, and I think, I, you know, so I don't know what takeaway from this podcast might be for people, but, you know, hopefully there's lots of things to reflect on. But I think one thing, you know, is to you know, perhaps open ourselves up for the, to the idea, to the reality that uh, somebody's you know, different cultural experience doesn't have to be good or bad, mm-hmm. and that me, I don't have to pass judgment on it. I can just learn about it. But I think there's this sometimes... I think some people feel pressure, like if I hope that that I think is bad to the good people. So if I don't condemn that, then I'm going to be be bad to the other good people. So mm-hmm. I've got to stake my claim and identify myself with the good people by condemning. And it's just sort of a, a vicious circle. Right. Uh, and I just think we don't have to condemn. You know, it, you know, that's I think Jesus's point in the Sermon on the Mount, you know, condemn not unless you be condemned. Um there will be a time when everything that needs to be condemned will be condemned and it won't be by me. Right. It'll uh, be by him. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. So it'll be all taken care of. Uh, so I can understand. I can move toward. I don't, doesn't mean I'm endorsing. Paul didn't endorse mm-hmm. everything about all these communities he was moving toward, but he mm-hmm. moved toward them for the sake of the gospel. And I just think that's a, it's a, it, it almost feels like a dangerous statement to make well, in our, there's a cost. Yeah. There's a cost to it because you're, you know, people are going to say things, you know, thinking that you're accepting right. maybe certain right. lifestyles or what have right. you. And Right. That's correct. You know. Yeah. And, yeah. And obviously that's what Paul was speaking to in his letters to the Corinthians. People were saying things about him. And he mm-hmm. was saying, well, this is why I'm doing this. I have to do this in order to carry the gospel forward to these different, different people groups. So, um well, let's 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 end it there with that, you know, one point of reflection, I suppose, or one point of uh, I could almost say for, you know, for for people like us, it's probably easy to say, like, where do you think you're doing that rather than are you doing that ever? Because I think it's hard not to live in our in our culture and not have some of that. You know, can I identify when that where that is? Um, and, you know, how do I uh, change my stance? or seek God's help to change my stance uh, to the world. Um, so let's leave it there. Uh, thanks, Susan. Thank you. It's been fun. It's been uh, fun. Until next time, uh, we'll see everybody in the next on Culture. Grace and peace. Thanks for listening. Do you enjoy On Culture? You can support us and the content produced by subscribing to our newsletter, The Embassy, by visiting theembassy.substack.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.